For those of you who don't know, my name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here at the church. Thanks so much for joining us on this special morning. Um, kind of kicked around what we do this morning. Thought we'd take a little detour from our series. We've been in a series out of Eden. It's going to look at the foundation of Genesis 1, 2, and 3 and who man is, who God is, what creation is, and kind of how it really applies to our lives today. And as, we, as Jeff came, I mean, I love the gift of music and the storytelling in it. Music speaks the language of the heart in ways at times a spoken word just doesn't touch. Well, you know, it's a special morning. Maybe a fun morning to stop and have some fun. And let's talk about Adam and Eve and more of the serious matters of, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? What do you think? You want to kick that one? It's one of those ones where I love getting questions and kids ask that over the years. And, but all serious, I want to kind of take a little bit of a break from this series. We're going to tie it in a little bit, but um, kind of kick this around. I want to start with this question. Why did you come to church today? Here, to this place, 400 Reading Road in East Earl, Pennsylvania. Why did you come here? Now, some of you answer that question with, well, um, it's, I don't know, it's habit. For some of you, uh, for you, if you were to get up on a Sunday morning and not come to church, it would feel really weird, wouldn't it? You've been doing this such a long time. Others of you are here because you're kind of the person sitting beside you, around you, or someone in this room kind of maybe persuaded you to be here. Maybe you have to be here, mom or dad, maybe husband or wife. Some of you are here because one of the things I was, you know, I wasn't a Jesus follower in high school, but I discovered they have some good looking girls there. So I was coming to find myself a date. Some of you maybe are here for that reason. So I'm trying to find myself that special someone I'd like to marry. Some of you are here because you want to make a difference. Some of you have come because I, I know what Jesus has done in my life. I want to give back. And so some of you have already served in children's ministry or there's people right now all around this building just pouring their lives into kids and ushers and stuff that I just want to give. Some of you are here um, for various reasons. One of the reasons you're here is because you came here to not hear me, but to hear someone very famous named Jeff Moore. Uh, some of you are here to relive childhood memories. You know, Jeff Moore in the distance. Uh, I, I made a joke first service. I, I wasn't, I'm going to relive in childhood memories because in my childhood, I was listening to MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice. Not, not, <laughs> and so some of you still have that old baby worn out cassette tape. You know, I think you probably recorded back when they had cassettes. Is that a judging, don't know your age, but judging you were, you were back recording then. Some of you had his CD and they have real great memories. And so you say, Hey, Jeff Moore, I remember him. And so you came here to see and hear Jeff Moore. All those things and, and more probably are in your heart, but there's one that I know to be true of most of you in this room. I believe to be true. You've come to hear from God. You've come to connect with this almighty creator God of the universe. No matter where you're at in your journey, some of you are saying, I'm all into this thing called Christianity. Some of you are going, eh, I'm not so sure. But you've come to hear. See, as we talked about in our series, Adam and Eve, we talked about these characters, Adam and Eve. We talked about creation. One of the things that, that the Bible, the scriptures teach us is when we head on our vacations and stand on the shores of the Atlantic Ocean, or as I got to this year, the shores of Lake Michigan, and we look out, there we go, my wife is, <laughs> she finally got me there in the summer. I've always been there in the winter. I finally got to see the beauty of it in the summer. But as you stand there and look at the majesty and feel the power of the surf hit you and look at the, dig your toes into the sand and look out at the expanse, or you head out west to Arizona, that big hole in the ground called the Grand Canyon, and we're drawn into it. And we, and we go maybe to the French Alps, or, or we look up into the stars in the sky, and we look at the elephant or the zebra, or we just consider our own human bodies. What the scriptures teach us as we look out at that, they draw our hearts to the reality that there is a creator. There's a powerful, magnificent God. Even though the atheist among us would say, you know what? If they're really honest, there's something beaten inside of them that says there's more 
to life, then here and now, there's something behind this. So you've come to the place called church because in our culture, where do you connect with this God? You go to church. It's the first thing we think about. So many of you are here today to connect with this person named God. There's a guy in our Bible. I just want to take 10, 15 minutes just to reflect on. A guy in our Bible is just in this very same position. He was not a Christ follower. He was not a Christian. He was not a person who said, yeah, I believe Jesus died and rose again, and I'm all into this thing. I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus. Hey, what? That was not him. But he simply was stepping towards God and how he knew to step towards him, and God responded. It's a cool story. Turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. If you're not familiar with your Bibles, again, welcome. So glad you're here. This is a brave place to be. If you would not consider yourself a Christian, a church-going, Jesus follower, <laughs> you walked into a great place, but you're brave. Thanks for being here. Um, you're going to find Acts. If you have a Bible with you, three-quarters of the way through, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, or some books you're going to see around it, then you're going to run into this book called Acts. If you don't have a Bible, see us afterwards, and we'd love to give one to you. Or grab your smartphone and maybe find an app there that you can find a Bible on. Acts chapter 10. Again, we're going to see this guy named Cornelius who was simply doing what he knew to do. And God stepped towards him and changed life as we know it. Cool story. This is the first time. I don't have time to really teach this passage and get into it. But up until this point, the message of Jesus was a Jewish message. How many of you in this room are Jewish? How many, let's put it this way. That's the wrong question. How many of you are not Jewish in this room? Let me ask that. If you're not a Jewish person, look around. This is the first time the message of Jesus stepped towards you and me. Up until this point, and, and the cool thing is this guy, that, this guy that encounters Jesus, who was moving towards God already, was a Roman soldier. Romans were the, the mortal enemies of the Jews. They, they didn't like one another. The Jews wanted them out of their land. And here's this guy. And so it's changed the story. And he's, look, look at me at verse 1, chapter 10, verse 1. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius. There he is. It's the guy we meet. A centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. Now, this next statement is repeated three times in this section. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Now Cornelius stared at him in fear and says, I mean, it's probably most of you and I would just scared to death. We may pass out. But he says, what is it, Lord? Now the angel answered, second time this is repeated, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now he says, I want you to go and find a guy named Peter. Now Peter, again, for those of you who may not know, Peter was one of Jesus' closest friends on earth. He's one of his buddies. He hung out with Jesus. Um, He's the guy that's kind of been moving this message of Jesus forward since Jesus has died and going back to heaven and and rose again and went back to heaven. And Peter's moving around. He says, go find this guy named Peter. In the meantime, God shows up to Peter and says, hey, Peter, go find this guy named Cornelius. Now look with me down at verse 30. They meet together and they have this discussion. Peter asked him some questions and Cornelius answered four days ago in my house, praying at this hour at three in the afternoon, suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayers and remembered your gifts to the who? Three times this is repeated. Cornelius wasn't a Christian, he wasn't a Jesus follower, but he was simply doing what he knew to do. Let's, let's, okay, there's a God out there. I believe there's a God. I'm going to pray to him. I'm going to pray my guts out. And I'm going to do something that, that I'm going to give to the poor. 
I'm going to help out those that aren't as fortunate as I am. Now, they have this discussion, and Peter, verse 34, replies. Peter's going to launch into his message. Peter's going to preach a little sermon here, kind of a small group there in the home, and here's his lesson. It says, and Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. Cool thing. Cool. Here's this guy that Peter, <laughs> a month earlier, would have just, no, we don't anything to do with this Roman dude. Here he is saying, wow, God's moving towards him. But he says, doesn't show favoritism, but he accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ to his Lord. Then he goes out and lays out the story of Jesus, and it's all summed up in verse 43. All the prophets, meaning everything in the early part of our Bible, testify about him, Jesus, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Cool statement. So you've got this guy who's a God-fearing person. He looks out and he knows God is there. He considers all of creation. He considers the world around him. He says, I know there's a God. He does what he knows to do to move towards him. And then this guy named Peter shows up and says, guess what? You can be in relationship with this God. You can have peace with this God. You can be close with this God. And it happens through the person of Jesus. Now, the thing that's awesome, the thing I love about this story, about, I don't know, maybe two, three months ago, those of you who are maybe doing our Bible reading plan with us, we're looking at the promises of God this year. This, this passage was in, in our reading plan a few months ago, and, and I just kind of pulled a page from my journal here. And one of the things that, that really spoke to my heart, that really just kind of challenged me was, you know, all throughout the Bible, God is shown to be for the brokenhearted, the poor, those disconnected from family, those that were marginalized in life, and those that are kind of off in the shadows of life, and not those that would stand on a stage front and center, or those that drive nice cars or have nice homes. And God is all throughout the pages of Scripture has been for, he's for them. And the thing that challenged me as I thought about this, I thought, here's a guy, Cornelius, who was not a Christian, not a Christ follower, And he equally moved towards people who are in the margins of life. Not a Jesus follower. And it's interesting how it stirs God to move towards him. Now that's a cool thought. How much more are those of us who are what we would say Jesus followers, Christians, when we serve those in the margins of life, must it stir the heart of God? And I think it really reveals for us in this short little passage, there's a lot of other theological stuff that's going on. You can really teach deep in this passage. But I think what it reveals to us in this passage is the heart of our Heavenly Father, not showing favoritism, moving towards all of humankind. And I care for the poor, the marginalized, those disconnected from family. Now, as I say that, one of the things that I fully understand about this church I mean, when Tanya and I were in that dating period called candidacy, you know, when we show up, we're looking for a job, you're looking for a pastor, we're seeing if it all works. One of the things that jumped right out at us is this church gets this. This church understands this. This past year, our elders have worked hard, you know, we know our mission. We're saying, hey, we're here to introduce people to Jesus, embrace them as family, and watch them grow. It's a great commission. We understand it, and some of you know that term. We, we have values, and this church has had these values long before I got here of relationship. Basically, you know what this says. You've seen it many a times. Basically, it's like we understand that if we're going to get to know God, if I'm going to get to know God, I can't come sit in a closet all by myself. I've got to walk towards you, and you've got to walk towards me. We've got to do life together. And it best happens in the context of family. 
Last week we talked about Adam and Eve and we talked about how their, their, their femaleness and their maleness come together to form a beautiful and complete whole picture of God. And as that happens and as they produce and have children is what God has called them to do. Those children then look in at this complete whole picture of God and say, there's the glory of God. It's a representation of God. But as you know, all of us at some level that breaks down. Whether it's a workaholic dad or full-blown divorce, or abandonment at birth. It breaks down. And so we've talked about how important it is to have healthy families so we can see God and, and kind of work through that. We've also, this church has always had this passion to serve, to give, not just to come in here and take, but let's serve, let's give away. Especially we love to serve those disconnected from family, the orphan, the widow, the broken, the foster child. The adult who's kind of grown up not knowing, does dad love me? Is he proud of me? We've, we've always been for this and always been passionate about this. And I think that even many of you have uh, compassion children you support. Even to the point where Jared and Anna Martin, some of you know very well, who are on, she's on her way home from Ethiopia today with a little girl. A little girl that you have been, many of you have been praying for, going to all kinds of fundraising dinners and auctions and and walking with them and helping them and and crying with them as they've been on this two-year-long, hard journey. And today it comes, it doesn't just come to an end today as they bring her home, but today it starts. And many of you know that. And you can't wait to walk with her and sit with them and see this little baby that we have been praying for. And it stirs your hearts. And and it's an incredible thing. So I think as Jeff came, and I know his passion and, and connection with um, Show Hope, some of it's a ministry, that, and his involvement with Compassion International and, and adoption. You know, let's just, let's just reflect on these values again today. And let's take an opportunity. I want to talk about one opportunity you have to continue to run with these values. Um, we've introduced this ministry a few months back, I'm six months back now, Safe Family for Children. What it is, it's Bethany Christian Service. Some of you know this, and they basically step in and they say, um, before we hit the foster care system, let's step in and do something about it. So what happens is mom or dad or dad or mom or the, the caregiver there, maybe it's a single parent, says, I can't do this anymore and there's things are happening around me. So what they'll do is they'll walk and deck Bethany Christian Service. They'll, they'll basically say, can you care for my children? So someone from the church steps up, cares for the children. Well, at the same time, Bethany Christian Service and others in the church help the caregiver get help themselves so that ultimately they can come back together in a healthy family unit. Keeps them out of the system, out of foster care, and the church is stepping up to be the church. Now, the really cool thing about this ministry, some of you have already stepped into this and some of you are walking with this. The really cool thing, we have another opportunity, and I love how God works. TNT Youth Ministries, some of you might be familiar with them and you're going to hear more about them. They're going to occupy our building in November. What they are, they're a youth ministry that basically works, gets it plugged into the local public school and then helps and, and creates an environment for kids to come out into. They like to meet in the church and then get the kids acclimated and plugged into the church. These are kids, these are young people that wouldn't normally darken the doors of a church. Some of them come from broken homes. Some of them, some, it's just all kinds of stories that, that they come and they walk with. Well, TNT came to us and TNT um, recognizes something that I, I've shared this before, but when I get asked in the community what I do for a living, one of the things, I hate answering the question. Yesterday I was at a wedding at a renewal of a vows service, and, and I, I might have been the only, my wife and I might have been the only Christian people there, and we were really enjoying our time, and people were sitting with, get to the question, what do you do for a living? 
I finally found a way to answer this. I said, well, you promised me, you promised me when I answer, you won't look at me different or run for the hills. So it's kind of funny. I think I, what I think what she thought I was going to say, her mind immediately went to something really dark. Like I thought maybe she was thinking I was going to say drug dealer or something else. Like I don't know where he gets his income. So she's like, oh, I won't look down at you and I won't this and that. And I, I have a lot of friends. I think she even said I have a friend in prison. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not where I'm going, but... <laughs> Because I find so often when I say I'm a pastor, the conversation is over. And, and so, so I, I look at her and I, I gave this little precursor. Please j- don't run to another table when I tell you this. I'm a normal human being. And I said, I'm a pastor. Well, she thought that was cool and she didn't run and we had a good time uh, there at that, at, the, at that service. But when I tell in our community, I say I'm a pastor. Usually the conversation ends. But before it ends, they'll ask me this question, well, where at? And what I've learned to do is I like to know what does Bethany known for in the community. So I'll say, well, Bethany Grace Fellowship Church. And a lot of times, the unchurched and the community I interact with will kind of scratch their head and they'll go, where is that? And I begin to tell them, and right away, this light bulb goes on, 625, and right outside of Terry Hill, you're the church with the gym, and that's how we're known, the church with the gym. I don't know why they got that big gym. I don't know because it's, I don't know. We're just the church with the gym. Um, so TNT looked at us as the church with the gym, and they outgrew the facility they're in, and they said, could we use your gym? Amen. Our resources are here for the glory of God and to see the gospel of Jesus Christ advance, use our gym. So our leaders worked through all the legalities of it and all the contractual stuff. And, and we said, hey, this, this is awesome. Here's the cool thing. I'd say all that to say TNT is a referral source to save families. So what that means is TNT grows and brings kids into our building to hang out on a Friday night. Some of you have an opportunity to serve there. But more than that, as they walk with some of these kids, what they'll do is they'll pick the phone up with safe families and say, hey, we got a family that needs a home. we got a kid that needs a home. So guess what it gives us the opportunity to do? Not only do they come into our building, but then we get to bring them into our home and walk with them and live with them and care for them while their caregiver, their mom or their dad is getting help. Awesome situation. So this is a no-brainer. Let's do this. Now, here's the one thing I want to just say. Um, here's, here's what I'd like just to walk away with. I'd encourage you to get your passport. What I mean by that, some of you here could open your homes to kids, but it's scary. I will fully acknowledge it's scary. I've got four little kids myself, and I'm like, I don't know. You heard Jeff, it disrupts life as you know it. Some of you know that and are aware of that and watch your friends and your neighbors have, and you're like, "Eh, no, thank you. So what I'd encourage you to do, I'm not asking you to sign up to take kids in your home. But my challenge to you is, is get your passport. What I mean by that is get ready. A little while ago, I might have heard this story. There was, there was a, I think it was a church youth trip, if I remember correctly, down in Mexico. And some bad things happened. And one of the girls ended up in jail in, in Mexico. And I don't know if you remember this story. And mom and dad wanted to get to Mexico in a hurry. Well, guess what they couldn't do? Get to Mexico. Guess why? They didn't have their passports. Luckily, they knew some people who pulled some strings. And, but here's my challenge. Let's get our passport. I'm not asking you to bring kids in your home. Just get ready. So in other words, what that means, get trained, work through the system to, to get the training and to be certified and do the home inspections and home checks to say when the need is available and when I hear of a child, a kid who needs a home, I can open it because I've already got my passport. In other words, you don't need to hear the need then and say, oh, my goodness, I've got to get some training. Get the training now. So that when the opportunity comes, you can say, hey, I can do this. Here's how you do it. 
Linda Fisher is her name. Some of you know her well. Um, she's our coordinator that works with uh, Bethany Christian Service. There is her information. Uh, you also find her information in your bulletin. You know, it's a little note page. It's right there in the bottom. Contact her. Also, you can walk out of these doors off to your right. There's a whole display there, and there's an application. Pull it out. Fill it out. Give it to Linda or send it into Bethany Christian Service, and they get the whole ball rolling with the training and to get your passport to bring kids in to your home. To wrap up, I love that thing there where Cornelius, Peter says to him, I know now God doesn't show favoritism. God doesn't show favoritism. I don't know what your story is this morning. Some of you have come from backgrounds. I know like my wife, my wife's been adopted, physically adopted, and then lived in a very painful home. Some of you have been hurt by the church. Some of you have been not so sure about the church. But, but God looks in at humanity. I love Jeff's prayer earlier, the rebels of us. We all are at one level. And he says, hey, you're all orphans. You're far from God without intervention, without someone. And what the cool thing is God looks, it doesn't show favoritism. God says, all of humankind I love. And I'm going to move in their direction with the person of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to, as I step towards them. While we were yet sinners, it says, Jesus died for us. We looked at it. He didn't say, wow, Adam, you're really easy to love. I'm going to go die for you. He says, no, he, it was not. We were messed up people. And he steps towards us. And by us then saying, yeah, we see this cool, powerful God that's made creation. We've been talking about this summer. He's moved in our direction, the person of Jesus. We can have peace with him, relationship with him, connect with him. And I've got girls now, so I use this term in an intimate way. I know, guys, that scares us sometimes. It's awesome. So the cool thing is, is as we respond, what scriptures teach is he embraces us as sons and daughters. Then the awesome thing is we get to then turn around and watch what dad does and go do it ourselves. And that doesn't mean we all need to adopt just means we need to walk alongside of Jared and Anna and pray for them and help them financially and offer child care and child support for their other four kids as they work through this. But, but it means I get to be a part of seeing God step towards orphans, broken, hurting, those disconnected from family. What a cool privilege that is that he brings us along in that journey. God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you that you're a God who doesn't show favoritism. Thank you that you're a God that loves. Thank you you're for a God that moves in our direction. Um, thank you that you're a God that has a real heart for the broken, the poor, the neglected, those disconnected from family. God, I, my, my heart is that every person here has responded already to the message of Jesus, and they're, they're already in the family, but I know there's probably some here that haven't. So God, I pray right now if there's a person here that's, that's been on the fence maybe, um, that today would be the day they come home. Today would be the day that they say, you know what, God, thank you. I accept Jesus' forgiveness and grace and mercy. And God, for those of us that are here that would say, I'm already into that thing. I'm all, I'm in the family. May we be people who continue to reflect your heart, our dad's heart to this world. As we step towards the brokenness, the hurt, the pain, the mess at times with broad, wide arms and a heart that says we love. God, thank you so much for this church that gets this message. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.